0: nerd bites coming back at you i'm justin as always with me is my good friend john
1: hey man how's it going
0: so if you are listening via the uh, podcasting thank you if you are tuning into our youtube channel real excited to have a really awesome in-person video again um nerd bites just to remind you is our our new platform where we uh well we taste and drink things that we really like yeah and now seems to be working out well it does <laughs> in fact we have almost do this more often than the other episodes yeah
1: i think it's a it's a good mix right now it's a good 50 50.
0: well now that we can actually show you video i think this is going to really add a lot to it so speaking of which we have a pretty awesome video to bring to you today an amazing guest so say hello to brian hello brian is the gm of dogwood liquor here yep. in st louis um First of all, you want to, you might tell us a little about yourself. Sure, Any, uh, the typical interview question.
2: Yeah, my name is Brian Bauer. <laughs> uh, I am general manager at Dogwood uh, Wine and Spirits uh, Superstore. I think is what we're calling it now. It's it's pretty super, um, but uh, I've, I've only recently joined Dogwood. Uh, prior to that, I was director of uh, wine education for Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits, um, and as I like to tell people, I've got a lot of letters behind my name that just say like Tyrion Lannister. I drink and I know things. Um, <laughs> I uh, in 2012 I received my CWE, the Certified Wine Educator. Um, that's an exam with uh, an 11 percent pass rate. Uh, I took it on accident, kind of. I hadn't planned on taking it, but a couple of friends of mine talked me into taking it, um, and uh, ended up winning something called the Banffy Award, which is for the the highest score in the world for those that passed the core parts of the exam the first go. With an only eleven percent pass rate for the first time of people that take it, I'm assuming it was a very low bar that year. Uh, but uh, I did <laughs> did pass that. Um, also, uh, certified specialist of spirits, things like that. And then uh, just a couple years ago, I also that, oh, there's the there's the study guide for that. Yeah, fun yeah. Fun fact: so we're going
1: to study. Yeah, and will not take the test.
2: Right. <laughs> well, that's all right. We can arrange the test. Uh, <laughs> we can do some practice exams if you'd like. And then just a couple of years ago, I took the. Um, WSET, which is Wine and Spirits Education Trust, uh, they're a London-based organization. Um, they're level three in spirits. I was part of a, a, a beta group taking that in the U.S. Um, they had only done it one other time, and uh, I passed that with merit, um, which was a, a an intensive week-long examination period where we we started with tasting and studying 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday, and then took the exam at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, and there were uh, distillers in there, there were people from all over the world, there was a, a uh, kashasha producer, there was a Pisco producer there, um, and then the Beverage Testing Institute, I sat right next to one of the women who's a taster for them, and uh, we all took the exam together. Um, and I guess about 25% of the people in that passed the exam, because uh, that one was intense. I'd been teaching about spirits and and drinking spirits, certainly drinking spirits for a long, long time, uh, and walked in with a little, little uh, sachet or, or a little, little bit of uh, uh, cock and balls in my step, right, and uh, within five minutes we were talking about protein nets and enzymatic hydrolysis, and I had never felt dumber in my life, so <laughs> I had to hunker down and, and really study the chemistry of it, which was uh, fascinating to me. Um, and it, it was taught in a very, very good way. And we drank about 400 different spirits from all over the world during that week, so. Um, but my real passion is teaching. Uh, I love to teach people about stuff and, and kind of try and ignite passion in them. Uh, it's it's proven that the more you know about something, the more you like it, and the more you like it, uh, the easier it is to sell. So i try and trying to get the staff up to speed to uh, to where they are, are Educated on on everything in the store, and uh, uh, really trying to learn myself more about bourbon because as I had been out of the retail game for for twenty years, uh, bourbon bur- bourbon went and found itself exploded in a, in a, in a real hurry. So um, right, and uh, certainly within the past couple of years, and I think even the past year, uh, we really saw some amazing growth in, in bourbon, primarily due to at least it's my theory due to coronavirus and, and it's a shared experience that you don't have to be together in order to share right mm-hmm. and i think that's what what makes bourbon or whiskey tasting the the general boom and all of the whiskey stuff over the past uh year and a half is that you can have a shared experience without having to share air
0: yeah well, the amount of like social media groups that have popped up and just like the the virtual tastings mm-hmm. uh, you know you can you could pick up a a a pack of however many different samples of bourbon and sit at home on your zoom and enjoy it with people around the world, basically.
2: Absolutely. Because it's the same thing unless you, as long as you've got the same batch on a single barrel or something like that, it's, uh, it's, you're drinking the same stuff. Yeah. Different than wine in a sense, uh, because you can do that with wine as well. Although there's a certain amount of bottle variance in wine, um, more so than you would get in, uh, spirits and bourbon. Um, and you can have, uh, uh, a lot more instances of cork taint and just bottle variation in wine. So spirits seem to have taken the world by storm.
0: Yeah, I think it's just absolutely fascinating. Number one, just, the, I mean, I don't, it called a fad trend, whatever it is, um, just the bourbon craze, but then just kind of stepping back and, and learning more about it. I know Lambert and I learned a lot about this in the last 12 to 18 months, right? Yeah,
1: About the last year, yeah.
0: How much, I mean, of course there's chemistry and science that goes into it, but just even just from one barrel to the next or one Mm -hmm. bottle to the next. I don't know if you want to elaborate a little bit more and maybe for me, you kind of went through this pretty quick because you're, you're underplaying it or downplaying it, how impressive it is, all the certifications you have, number one. And number two, like the process at which you have to go through to do this, you mentioned you would taste upwards of 400 different samples in the course of a couple days. How do, how do you, how do you walk, upright out of the room um, after that's over with well
2: you don't really start swallowing until the afternoon okay uh, that's right. always a good pro tip um <laughs> uh you have a, a cup that that you spit in um you're still ingesting a little bit but it's it's just as far as listening to yourself uh, it's the same way you can go out and have a drink and know yep i should not be getting behind the wheel of a car or yep i, I drank my drink and i'm i'm good to go um but uh Fortunately, I was walking in Chicago when I took the exam. But uh, it's really a matter of uh, tasting critically. And and certainly on spirits, I would do a lot of watering down. Um, Your palate gets just abused by the alcohol and the acids and the, the, the oils and everything else that's in there. All of these things certainly in a very technical sense, could be poison. Um, And they are affecting your body in different ways and and your palate in different ways, which is relatively sensitive. And so uh, whenever I would taste, I would always taste full strength first, spit that out, and then I would water it down to a a relatively, maybe half and half, half water and half spirit, uh, depending on what it was, uh, in order to, one, there's a few things that happen there. It breaks up the fusel oils that are rising to the surface and allows you to actually smell the esters or those fatty acids that are attached to an alcohol molecule that come across as fruity aromas. Um, uh, It allows you to smell those a little bit more, uh, but it also brings out some of the subtleties. Some things are alcohol will mask a lot of flavors um, if you allow it to. And so hence ice cubes in in our drinks, it makes it more palatable the longer it sits there, Now, to some, it it may be getting to the point where it's just watery, and I don't like that, but that's where you can taste some of the subtleness. I like using just water because the ice cools it down, and and temperature can also mask flavor. So um, just using regular old water out of a bottle and just a little bit to water it down um, would allow me to taste everything. Then I can spit it out. We would also take breaks. We would have palate cleansers. We would uh, uh, you know, go and rinse our mouths out with coffee. Essentially, Um, uh, your nose also gets saturated whenever you're tasting that amount of stuff. And so there are little tricks that you learn over time whenever your your, uh, nose, because your olfactory epithelium connects your sinuses down to your taste buds and allows you to essentially taste through your nose. And that can all get saturated with all of these different aromas. And so uh, you can smell your arm if you ever find that, oh, I can't smell anything. It feels like I'm not smelling anything. You're used to your own scent. And you just take a big whiff of your arm, and it may kind of smell like soap, but you don't really smell your soap unless you're changing brands or something, right? You're just smelling you, and that kind of resets your, your olfactory senses so that you can huh. then move on to the next one. And these are things where, where if you go to a trade show and you're going from booth to booth to booth to booth to booth and tasting, 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 uh, at some point it's just like you order your Uber and you know, the night is over, uh, but, uh, or get a hotel room in the hotel where, where the tasting is. But, um, but for the most part, if, if you're tasting clinically and, and, tasting, trying to make sure when I'm going to make the right buying decision for the store, uh, to, um, I'm, I'm going to make the right buying decision based on the price. Some things can taste great. And then if they're $600 a bottle, all of a sudden they're not as good. Um, so, uh, You have to kind of stay alert, and that's just part of the professionalism that I learned doing this for so long is that, yep, spit it out until you don't have to, Yeah, basically. Well, so if you see us uh, smelling our
0: arms a lot today, that's maybe that's a good strategy. (laughs) Yeah. One last question really about this, this whole, you know, just getting these certifications and going through the whole process and having so many different tastes throughout the course of the day. Do they scale it up based on proof? Is there any type of like thought? I mean, I know that we've done our own little mini little tastings. It's by by no means anywhere near sophisticated as, as you guys do. Uh, But we always say let's start with low proof and work our way up to the high proof. That way we always work our way up. Yeah, yeah,
1: because if you start with the high proof, you're
2: yeah you're porching your palate right off the bat. I would agree with that. I would think that's that's certainly a good way to look at it. Um, I would also kind of look at uh, body the weight and the weight of the spirit in your mouth, the heavier ones will uh, coat your mouth. Something that's gonna ha- be oilier, right? Uh, is going to coat your palate. And so you'll either need to rinse your palate out, right? Um, take a big swig of water, rinse it out for a while and spit and do that a few times uh, just to kind of clean all of that off or um, uh, uh, you build up in body as well. So, okay. Um, Sweetness would be another thing to finish with. So sweetness is going to increase the viscosity of any spirit that it's in. Um, if, you, if you we were doing liqueurs today, for instance, um, I, w- I would start with a drier liqueur and work our way up to a sweeter liqueur, which is sounds weird because liqueurs are sweet by definition. But uh, they're, I would go from the driest ones or the driest tasting ones and work my way up to the sweetest ones. Same with wine? Same with wine, absolutely, yeah. Uh, And some people, Europeans especially, like to taste their red wines first because of the amount of acid. So they like to go from a little bit lower acid to the higher acid um, because acid, much like alcohol, will abuse your palate and uh, make it kind of hard to taste. All of a sudden you've got little bumps on the sides of your tongue from drinking these highly acidic wines, um, and you're not able to taste anything else. It basically makes your tongue swollen a little bit so uh i kind of like the european way of tasting the red wines and then moving on to the white wines uh because the acid essentially so but yeah it really depends on preferences and and actually what's in front of us at the time um for what i would recommend on how to taste
0: got one more question
2: then Mm -hmm. then we're going to get into tasting some stuff ourselves
0: um so you guys at dogwood and and a big thing i think that's happened in the last couple years has been the the store selects the store picks Mm -hmm. right the barrel picks whatever you want to call it um we just were able to have an awesome uh dogwood barrel pick for the private select makers um and fantastic but i'm curious like for those of people who don't know what's the process like kind of both in two different ways like what's the process like in, in in town and then what's the process like if you actually get to travel to the
2: distillery? Well, certainly the latter is the better. Right. <laughs> uh, that is uh, certainly more fun as long as you can find your designated driver to take you down. Uh <laughs> they, they, they do you upright. I mean, they take care of you. They, they right. do, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that one is also better in the sense of well, – let me explain how it happens in the store and certainly during COVID how the barrel picks have been happening. Uh, is the the manufacturer will ship up anywhere between three and – 14 different barrel samples that we would, uh, be able to taste through. Um, my 14, colleague, 14 is a lot. 14 is a lot, especially <laughs> at 9am on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, nap time should be built into every, right. every retailer's <laughs> schedule. release day. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so you, most of the time it's about three samples that they'll send up. And we taste through all of those. Now, the reason I like store pick so much is because, uh, We get to use our palates. There's no shortage of whiskey out there. There's just a shortage of excellent whiskey out there, uh, I think. And maybe not. Maybe there's not a shortage of excellent whiskey. We just haven't found it all yet. Um, However, I trust my palate, and I trust uh, my colleague Shelby's palate, and we'll taste through these things. And I think that's what separates us. You can go to our competitors, and you can buy uh, their store picks, but the one thing they don't have is us. And uh, the the expertise of us at going, yep, that's hands down the best one. And we also like to share it with customers sometimes, too, whenever they come in. If we've got barrel samples, then, yeah, here, take a take a taste. Let us know what you think. I'm, I'm, I'm eager. You guys are the ones that buy it. So we need to make sure that uh, we're staying true to what the customers are actually looking for. I'm very analytical when I taste. I'm trying to taste for what the customers want. Uh, and I think I do an okay job at that um i think we do a better job at that than our competitors do uh so that's why we like the barrel picks so much um i would and, agree i've had many dogwood picks. Well, thank you. i've had quite a few of them as yeah, well you know. many of them on my shelves. So. yeah
0: there's thank you. plenty out i'm not there. just saying that because your ear like literally right. you can go look at our shelves and yeah lots you, can, of can dogwood. you can look up there yeah yeah
2: <laughs> and then uh going down to the distillery to choose is a much more fun event uh they'll take you out to the Rick House and uh, allow you to they'll go out there with a thief and uh, a glass and a bottle of water hopefully <laughs> and uh, uh they'll pull it out of there and you taste everything barrel strength and, and some are different some people won't let you bottle it barrel strength we try to get a lot of stuff barrel strength it's it's more efficient uh, at the very least um but uh some people are like, nope, ours are always going to be at 110 or we're always going to bottle at 103 and things like that, um, which is fine. That's that's their take. Uh, Woodford is one that always bottles at the same proof. I just
0: think seeing them pull it like right out of that barrel. Right. Yeah, know, I'd like want to be there the for that too. experience just to, just yeah. to be yeah. part of.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and and uh, there's usually a couple of your, – there's your tour guide there as well, and they're tasting with you. If you're lucky, the master distiller is going to be there as well and can offer uh, his or her opinions on, on what uh, these actually taste like to them. And then you do the tasting, you spit it out, you move on to the next barrel um, and try and basically – Because most places, Maker's Mark is still moving their barrels around in the rickhouse, but most places are just uh, for any small batch blends or things, they're pulling from different parts of the warehouse. And you get to go to different sections of the warehouse. So um, I'm a high floor guy. I really like those high floor ones. It tends to be a little warmer. And to me, that's what, one, it increases the proof and uh, uh, increases, increases the complexity, I believe, of the spirit. So, um, but then, once we choose that, they will take that barrel, they will um bottle it for us. It's got to get in the queue for the the bottling line um, if they're going to filter it, which usually it's just a matter a matter of racking it or allowing any sediment that's accumulated in there over the years to settle down and and getting the spirit out of there, getting it into bottles, putting our label on it, and uh shipping it up to us so let's kind of let's move into what we're going to do today okay. we're going to do what's
0: called compare to the rare. Before we do that, though, if you could give the audience a real quick, those of you who don't know, a little bit of background about what is considered, what makes a bourbon rare. And there, there are a lot of different variables, right? Yeah. Um, so what would you consider a
2: rare bourbon? I would consider a rare bourbon any bourbon that uh, everyone is trying to get okay, right, right now. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it yeah, seems, I was going to uh, say it's all driven by consumer demand. It, it, that's that's really the, the, the big drive. You're right, John, is that uh, it... The number of calls we get per day asking for the Buffalo tra- or the Sazerac bourbons, right? Um, those that are made of Buffalo trays is kind of astounding. I was, I was shocked to see how it was. And the secondary market for these, the ones that are selling on the secondary market for insane amounts of money, those are the ones because of either bottle hoarders out there. Uh, I think anybody that has more than eight bottles of Blantons is um, being greedy. Uh, so eight eight's the number i would i would put it at like half of that well it, i've got i've got two for me it's the uh you're allowed to collect the letters okay oh all <laughs> right all right I mean, once right. you got that the letters sense. yeah then and what is anything drink, more maybe. than that yeah yeah anything more than that is gluttonous yeah uh, <laughs> but i've seen lots of internet posts where people have pool tables full of blantons right and, and that's creating a false demand for it uh in my opinion um but uh those hard to get Allocated, They're allocated now because we have to allocate them. If we just put them on the shelf, one person will come in and buy everything. All of them. Yeah, we, we limit it to one per person. But um, those things that, that we feel we have to limit. Certainly, that Sazerac collection is leading the way. Part of the reason is most of what they release is over eight years old. Um, they, they don't release much under eight years old from Sazerac. So uh, the they would have had to have known eight years ago what was gonna happen over the past couple of years. And that makes it very difficult. Older bourbons are getting harder and harder to find because of the boom that we've seen now. Uh, So for instance, uh, Blue Note, we just got a couple of the last two nine year barrels that they had. Uh, We love the Blue Note. Blue Note's really good stuff. It's it's good stuff. Um, But they're gonna be out of Blue Note nine year for for two years because they're transitioning from sourcing the whiskey to producing their own whiskey and their own whiskey is now seven years old. So they are going to pause and wait until their whiskey is nine years old. Yeah. And so there'll be a little bit of a drought in the market. We're gonna probably cut that part. That way, okay. uh, that way no one else buys
0: the blue note. Okay, that's a good yeah, idea. Because yeah. that's what we like to keep buying and drinking. Okay. Well, and every time I go to dog when I walk out with at least one more blue note. Right.
1: And I remember when I was in the store well, whenever I was in the store talking about the new Blue Note store picking and coming and you mentioned that. It's like, Well they're gonna there's gonna be a kind of a, a pause on the nine year because they're going from you know, they're from buying it from someone else mm-hmm. to just to, to making it themselves and like my brain instantly goes to I wonder how the flavor is going to change. I do too. Like how it's because they're there. I don't know who they're sourcing it from. They probably won't tell you, but you could probably probably one of two or three. You know, it's probably MGP. Right. And if it's not them, it's you know, you could probably go through a couple others. But I'm curious to see how the flavor profile is going to change from what you guys have been able to pick, yeah. which have been three really good store picks to
2: what theirs is going to be in two years. I'm very curious about that myself. Uh, we have a little bit of an indication because they've brought in some three and four-year-old bourbons to see if we were interested in doing a store pick of that.
1: You did mention that, yeah. Yeah,
2: and uh, and when I tasted the three-year-old, I, it, it would be very easy in this time to just say yes to every single barrel um, right. that is offered you because everybody's trying to capitalize on this right now. Um, but I had to say no to a couple of those, and it's not because I thought they were bad whiskeys they're just young and they need, they need more time. time a significant amount more time uh, the four-year-old rye I thought was very good and so we ordered a barrel of that <laughs> but the uh, the three-year-old bourbon was that was a little um, uh, raw at this point it takes time and it's like I, I bake bread as a hobby and 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 I've always uh, lamented every time I tried to rush bread uh, you can't you you can't make sourdough any faster. It just takes that much time. Yeah. So uh, I think it's the same way with whiskey. You can't rush it. You can't put it in a microwave and make it age faster. You can't use these half barrels. I'm sorry, I disagree with the half barrels. Um, I'm a bit of a purist when it comes to that, that, that when you're using, because there is no legal rule that says you have to put it into a certain size barrel you can put it into anything you want and you get faster maturation or at least an expedited version of maturation whenever you're using a smaller barrel it gives you more surface area and if you do it in a warm climate like texas not to mention anyone by name uh it's a big state but uh (laughs) but you don't get the subtlety you don't get the complexity and you actually end up extracting a little bit too much of the oak part of part of the balance and part of what we've learned, certainly since Prohibition, but even pre-Prohibition from our forefathers who were making bourbon, uh, is that that is kind of the right size barrel. The standard bourbon barrel is the right size barrel. It's that ratio of oak to juice that gives us the flavor profile that we like you can extract too much from the oak the green tannins are the first thing that come to mind uh, that uh, that as the barrel is su- sucking the liquid in and pushing it back out um if you've got too much exposure to that some things like green tannins which are it's tannic acid and it's it's that drying thing in wine but it also can give you kind of a dill pickly type of aroma and flavor and and uh be kind of astringent and harsh and so uh, i don't like the the rushed process i mean i this is
0: maybe a terrible analogy but it's you know, cook something in the oven or cook something in the microwave mm-hmm. and yeah sir it's gonna you're gonna have a same similar outcome but it's gonna be sure. not the same in flavor and depth and just overall right. quality and consistency right mm-hmm. exactly all right so we're gonna take a real quick break we okay. come back we're gonna compare to the rare great absolutely all right so welcome back brian tell us a little bit about this compared to the rare blind tasting how it's gonna sure. work and what what we can expect
2: so the idea for this one came from. Uh, they rhyme um, compared to the rare. <laughs> it rhymed, and I That's thought I might, might be able to sell it, but <laughs> um, but because of all the rare whiskeys, it, it's frustrating to me seeing the inventory that I have on what I think to be very good to excellent whiskey um, that is just being ignored. And, until, and in a time where we weren't able to really do a lot of tastings and people can't put it in their mouths, right, um, they have no idea about this stuff. Especially with all the new people that are, are new to whiskies uh since coronavirus. Um, they have uh not had the opportunity to taste all of these. And uh I just wanted to not to say that a rare whiskey is going to be bad or is overhyped or anything like that. It's just let's taste six different whiskies without knowing which ones they are. We'll rank them, put them in the order that we think that they're the best and if there's 50 people in the room, there's going to be 50 different opinions on that. I'm sure. And, uh, the idea is to say that maybe some of these should be in that same category that you should be thinking about some of these, or maybe you don't really like the rare whiskey. You're just buying it. Cause you were told to buy it and you were right. told you were going to like it. Uh, and maybe you actually like a different style of whiskey or something a little bit different. So I tried to, um, uh, to your point earlier about, uh, proof and tasting and ascending proof i tried to uh, when i put these together uh, do things that were of a similar proof so that one's not going to completely stand out from the rest but it's a uh, uh, these are in no real particular order Um, we have in front of us now uh, six cups of whiskey with just three quarters of an ounce in each one um, that should be a sufficient amount to, to get a taste and things like that. Um, I would encourage you to take notes if you want to, just to, to remind yourself. Now, sometimes my note-taking system is one star, two stars, three stars, mm-hmm. right? And then I'll go back and I'll taste. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to taste through first everything. Well, the first thing I do is I'm going to pick them up and smell them to make sure that in my head they're, I, I'm tasting them in the correct order. Uh, but also at the same time, I'll be looking at what the color is, making sure there's nothing hazy in there uh, that would um, indicate a flaw in the bottle. Sometimes things happen. There could be a a bottle that, and and usually with a spirit, if you've got some sort of haze in there, if it's not Uzo or Sambuca or something like that, or a non-chill filtered scotch, uh, it could just be a flaw. could be something happened during the manufacturing process that made that bottle go bad. And uh, <laughs> I would recommend not drinking it. I mean, they say alcohol kills all, but uh, but uh, good news is is well, when I poured all of these, I looked at them all. They, look and, okay. they uh, all look good to me. Everything yeah. is uh, everything is good. There's nothing nothing at least visibly flawed.
0: Well, before we start, like I mean, we're going to taste them here in one second. But in the past, and we've sampled bourbons, we've kind of broken it down into four different categories. And I, I really, as we're going through this, if you wouldn't mm. mind showing a much more sophisticated version on well, that fancy uh, printout, there, yeah. we usually yeah. go with. Well, and I wrote down the, be- the better words, but mm-hmm. it, we used to go with look, which appearance, mm-hmm. nose, taste, which is palette, mm-hmm. and then also finish. So basically four categories. We, sure. make, we make it pretty basic, and we usually give like a 1 through 10 rating of each.
2: And that's, a, that's not a bad way to do it. That's essentially what we're doing here. This is on the SAT level 3. They'll call it appearance because it's not just the color, um, but it's the look of it. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, it's the appearance of it. We're looking for anything that's um, cloudy or bad, right? So once we eliminate flaws, what we're looking for is intensity of color, um, whether it's uh, water clear or water white, all the way to opaque and you can't see through it. Um, And everything in between, There's, there's water white, pale, medium, deep, and opaque. And you can see there's a variance in colors or at least in color intensity uh, between some of these. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Assuming that we've got the same amount. I know my number four, we had a little accident earlier, so uh, <laughs> I poured a little little into Justin's glass for him. So. Um, but there is still a difference of intensity uh, in all of these. Um, but they're all somewhere between medium and medium. And deep intensity it's it's the intensity of the color right you can still see through a neon light kind of right but it's very intense at times well and i guess maybe that's maybe that's something we are
0: maybe need to rethink as far as our rankings because we this is very very subjective because we rank them based on what color we like the best mm-hmm. and I'm, i really like super auburn mm-hmm. darker bourbons deep probably because I know that they're most likely going to be higher proof. And I like the chance they higher proof. Stuff. But, um, but it does, it's not to say that like the latter colors aren't also a really nice looking bourbon. It just it comes down to, like I said, subjectivity. Well, it, it,
2: exactly. And to use a wine analogy, you can, uh, a Pinot Noir is almost always going to be a relatively pale intensity of color. Yet some of the best wines I've ever had in my life are Pinot Noirs. So you can have a Pinot Noir from Burgundy, which will be uh, very pale, or a Pinot Noir from Santa Barbara, which will be very deep and opaque. Um, Both can be very good wines. Um, Are they being true to themselves is the real question um, that I look for in there. Some of these could be from cooler parts of the Rick house. Some of these could be that house style. Um, And and I tend to use wine words a lot because I've got a a wine background, but... uh, it's that distillery style or for that brand, what that style is. Um, Maker's Mark is a weeded whiskey. They're not trying to be, uh, uh, to to punch you in the face with -hmm. their whiskey. They want to, to have a very smooth finish and a very soft finish. And so a paler color in that might be acceptable. I'm not giving anything away, by the way. No, no, that was
0: that was actually right. That was the part that when we were kind of talking earlier, tasting the makers mark. That's a, that was kind of neat to hear. Is that it's not necessarily a. This is the best one. It's more of a like you said. Is it being true to itself? Is it is it tasting, giving off the aromas, the flavors that it's supposed to be giving
2: off? Right, right, um, and that's based where on the their
0: flavor profile, whatever whatever it might be. Right? Yeah,
2: and that's where the mastery of the the distiller yeah. comes in. Um, it's, I know certainly with cognac, you've got this blend of Eau de V's that are happening and, and they have one master blender and then several people working for him, one covering the spice profile, one covering the sweetness profile, one covering, uh, the umami or the savory profile of the cognac. And then each one of those people have teams working for them and they're going out to the warehouse and pulling these different, (coughs) excuse me, uh, samples from barrels that are meeting the directions that they've been given. They take that back to uh, their boss. He blends them together, takes it to his boss or she, uh, takes it to their boss and uh, then the master blender puts everything together. Similar situation is the master distiller is going out and he's choosing a lot of different children based on his assumption that they're going to play well with each other. Um, And uh, he wants to The idea with any small batch or anything that's not a single barrel is that uh, we want this to taste like if we're saying just regular Buffalo Trace, right? We want Buffalo Trace to taste exactly the same today as it did 10 years ago. and We want it to taste 10 years from now exactly the same as it did today. And that is, to me, the hardest thing. A single barrel is going to be the expression of that barrel. It's going to be that maybe there were a couple of really hot years in there maybe there were a couple of rainy cool years in there during during the warmer months and they didn't get as intense but that is what that barrel is going to give you what it gives you. Um, you don't have to do anything to it. you just right. bottle it. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It is what it is. Get the chunks out and yeah, right. and uh, put it in a bottle. So um, so anyway that, that I'm a big proponent of I don't know if you can tell the quality of something by its appearance. You can get indications to it um, other than whether or not it's flawed. Uh, but other than that, it's just the color is what the color is. And the intensity of the color is what the color is. Um, and if you think of scotches, if you're looking at it, because you can add caramel coloring to scotch, right? The, 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 it's got letters and then the number five after it, right? Uh, I can't remember the chemical name for it, but it's just essentially burnt sugar that they're adding. And it's legal to add for color consistency. Um, and so, uh, but you can't do that in bourbon. You're not allowed to do that. So it is just an expression of what it is. Um, so, having said that, I'm gonna rank mine though. Okay. Is that okay. Yeah, absolutely. Are we allowed to? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Rank. I'm gonna rank. I'm rank. writing things. I'm gonna forget stuff. I don't yeah. Worry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take your pen whenever you're done. Way to be prepared. Hey, sorry. Hey, look. There's a pen. I got a pen.
0: Don't look at my numbers. Don't look at mine. <laughs> no, you're ready. You're <laughs> Oh, you know what? No, I got to switch this up. This is not. This is not the accurate number. I wrote down the wrong one. You messed it up already. You got, you got a pen already. Okay. I, I got right. a pen. I'm good.
2: So appearance first, mm-hmm. and, and then and then we're doing nose, right? Yep. And now now when when nosing a spirit, it, it, it's really tempting, especially if you have any kind of wine background, to get the honker down in there and do a line of wine. Um, but uh, you can't. You're only going to get alcohol if you get down in there. It takes a little bit, and so I always will give it a swirl and then just move it in slow and what we're looking for on the nose especially too is there anything that's flawed in there does it smell like tails like uh, uh, something sour cheese or sweat or something like that uh once we're past that once we're we're realizing that okay it's a clean spirit um i'm looking at can i smell anything at all is it neutral right uh the definition of, legal definition of vodka is odorless, flavorless, colorless, essentially. Um, So it should be relatively neutral. Um, But then the intensity of that aroma, if I'm not smelling anything compared to, I get a very light aroma, medium, or pronounced aroma. And the way that I can do that is just kind of be sniffing as I bring the spirit to my nose and Where do I start to notice it? Not just do I notice that there's something in the glass, but I can actually pick up an aroma. So I I just grabbed whiskey number three because I'm right-handed, and, uh, excuse me, move it towards my nose. I get, I'm pretty far away, and I'm picking up some aromas here that I can discern. So I would probably give that a medium plus to a pronounced uh, aroma intensity. Yeah, so normally you're not
0: ranking them, you are judging them based on a scale. Yeah, and then maybe based – well, I mean, and
2: usually I, when you're doing this, well, you're not
0: actually comparing bourbons. And for our case, we are. But
2: we, we are, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to assess each one on its own, right. and I'm trying to give a quality ranking in my head to what each one of those is. And so uh, I'll use one as – for an example, it can be poor, it can be acceptable, it can be good, it can be very good, it can be outstanding. That's the terminology of the W set. If you ever want to take the exam, you have to use their terminology. So they kind of beat it into your head for a week. Uh, and so I, I try and remind myself of <clears throat> the terminology. So if I ever have to take another exam, um, I already smelled my arm a minute ago. Yeah, right. I gotta ask to so like,
1: I'm not picking up shit. I, I've <laughs>
0: I've read that when you – I've been told also that when you when you do smell these, it, it's good to keep your mouth open so you're
2: not getting a
0: giant tinge of – Some people really like that. Okay. It's what kind I, of I, flows through.
2: Yeah. It's uh, – that part is to each their own. Okay. Right? I, what may work for you on that may not work for me. I, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it. I think if you're having trouble smelling spirits, then try it with your mouth open. Try it with your mouth closed. Uh, right. Try – Taking an allergy pill, um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot of other variables. Yeah, there's a lot of variables, you know. Maybe I, I shouldn't have mowed the lawn this morning. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing, uh, but uh, and that's that can always be a factor. Certainly, uh, cologne. You always want to have if you're going to be tasting clinically or academically. Uh, you definitely don't want to be wearing cologne. Let's leave the dracar noir with the jean jacket and the t tops, but uh, let's just. Yeah. I, uh, all right. I think
0: I, got my, I think I got my scent rankings here. Okay. I don't,
2: I, I don't. Another thing you want to smell for whenever you're nosing the spirit is the aroma characteristics. And uh, basically based on we know that these are all made from a raw material, essentially the same raw materials. And can I smell aromas from those raw materials? For instance, we're mostly corn today. Uh <clears throat> And so aromas, not just am I smelling corn, am I smelling aromas that can be produced by a sweet product like corn? So butterscotch, burnt sugar, things like that.
0: Yeah, I almost, I almost kind of ranked mine based on how strong was the sugary corn smell mm-hmm. and how long did it take to get to me. Right.
2: <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. All right, so after we do nose... After we do the nose, then we go on to the palate, the fun part. We get to taste. And there's a few things that that you're looking for right off the bat is sweetness. Is it sweet? Most people taste sweetness on the tip of your tongue. Think of if you're going to try honey, what do you do? You stick your finger in the honey and you stick it right on the tip of your tongue. If it's not a liqueur, chances are it's not going to be terribly sweet unless it's a flavored vodka. And don't get me started on that one Um, because most flavored vodkas, it's... It's, there's enough sugar in a lot of flavored vodkas to where they could be ranked as liqueur. The only reason they're not is there's a little thing in the law that says if you make a pure vodka, you don't necessarily have to follow the rules of vodka in order to call it a vodka. Oh,
0: it has nothing to do with the proof.
2: Uh, no. Well, th- there's a proof thing too, okay. right? Flavored vodka can go down to 30 proof. Yeah. Um, but even at 30 proof, you're talking about sugar weight, gravity weight. Uh, of sugar uh and you can have up to 35 grams but i think it's something like like five grams can put you into liqueur category um which is just makes me think i was
0: gonna say it just makes me think of like all the times we used to do flavored vodka and red bull like the amount of sugar oh cherry bombs the fact that we weren't diabetic at 21 is actually quite like astounding i'll
2: give it time right <laughs> considering our bodies read this as sugar so uh it's essentially the same um but uh so sweetness is that how intense are the flavors are you able to taste a lot of different flavors uh, uh really intensely how does it feel the mouth feel in your mouth uh in wine we would call it body but um what's the mouth feel like is it oily certainly a uh, oils are a part of this and uh they can they can give you a real mouth coating feel or does it have almost an astringent quality where it kind of dries out right away um is it rough is it mouth filling is it warming certainly the kentucky hug is something you want to pay attention to that'll be an indication of alcohol content how how fast does that form and how deeply down does it go and then um can you taste the raw materials again those same aromas and flavors are pretty much the same um and then the finish. What we're doing, I, I keep the finish in the palate, but it's how long are you tasting the pleasant flavors of the product after the product is out of your mouth? So after you've either spit or swallowed it, how long are you tasting those pleasant flavors? Anything over a minute to a minute 15 is going to be a really – that's a pretty long finish. I, I think we've all had some whiskeys that uh, – two minutes later you're sitting there going man i'm still, yep, still tasting there. that <clears throat> still still delicious so and not, and not just burning
0: like you can actually taste the flavor to it absolutely
2: mm-hmm. yeah so and all of that will be an indication of of quality as well and then just to make your conclusion on it or or when i make my conclusion i'm looking for uh i like to say pick blick which i'm a big fan of a uh, the movie election Reese oh, Witherspoon. Um, yeah so she always said pick flick but uh I made a little slide when I was teaching classes for Blick and it's, it's a, a, a balance, length, intensity, and complexity. With balance, I work backwards. I go, is it out of balance? Is there something weird here? Is there something pushing this spirit out of balance? Does it, is it just alcohol, or is it, am I only getting sweetness and nothing else? When I, uh, <clears throat> like if, I love gin as well, so if I taste gin, Gordon's gin to me is fine, but it's all juniper and that's it. There's you can't really taste any lemon peel, no cardamom, no any of these other botanicals that could be in there. It's just straight up juniper. Um
1: would you consider something out of out of balance um when it so maybe it's the nose is just kind of eh the palate is eh but then the finish is amazing where it's it's, it's not hitting all the senses, but, like, one, one aspect of it is really good and kind of is just better than the
2: others. Is that I can c- I can certainly see my way to con- convincing myself that that is out of balance. Okay.
1: Because, right? like, you were talking about out of balance more of, like, a flavor. It's like it's, right. it's too much sweet or it's too much oak and it's not mm-hmm. enough sweet or it's that. But yeah. But, like, for me, because I'm still learning how to pick those individual flavors out mm-hmm. of it, I think it's like, wow, the finish on this is amazing. But everything else about it is just kind of meh. Right. So and, that to me is out of balance.
2: And and certain things can be uh you may have had some that whoa, you smell it and you go, This is gonna be great, and then you taste it and it's And, and it's it, just like
1: yeah, oh man. Just stops. Or or it smells like one thing and then you taste it and the flavor profile is completely
2: different from the nose. Yeah. And and with spirits, that's definitely a true statement. That's a really great observation. Uh with wine it would be a little bit different because wine progresses as it's in the glass a little bit more than spirits do um so uh but yeah i would say definitely one of those components if the nose is super intense and you taste it and it's water uh, that's not going to be okay go. so yeah that would definitely throw it out of balance um so and then the length and the intensity of the flavors uh and aromas and then the complexity how many am i tasting now there's and we've talked about this before. There's there's your um, uh, recognition threshold, and then there's an identification threshold. And, and a recognition threshold would be along the lines of, I know I'm tasting something. I find this to be pleasant, but I can't tell you what it is. It's, it's sweet. Right. It's oaky. Yeah. It's spicy. And then we have to think, so if you are getting oak, and that, this is where uh, – It's just experience, too. If you're getting oak, stop thinking of the term oak. Start thinking of what flavors am I going to get from oak. The most common aromas and flavors you get from oak are going to be baking spices, vanilla being a very predominant one, Uh, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, mace, all in different quantities. Those are going to be uh, the aromas and flavors that oak imparts to the spirit. Okay. Oxygen can give other things. The corn can give other things, right? Um, so, uh, but it's really those spices for oaky. So I tell people about this with wine all the time. It's, okay, you can say that it's an oaky wine, but I would prefer if you said that it's a wine that I know has been aged in oak. Now, what are the aromas and flavors that I'm tasting? Right. Start with vanilla and you're never gonna go wrong. Vanilla. Yeah, Caramel. there you go. <laughs> so, and you guys are working through these pretty quick, right? While well, I'm yeah, yeah, I'm, kind of zigzagging. I,
0: I, I'm zigzagging too. So, and I, I've got got to come down to my last two rankings here. After the palette, then is is finish a is a good number? Is, there, is do you think that
2: kind of goes along with palette? Mm-hmm. I okay. think finish is kind of in the palette, and then we just look for um, the quality ranking, and that's where I do the whole Blick scale. Mm-hmm. And and so if I were looking at let's say whiskey number one since that's a good place to start um i think it's balanced i don't think there's anything out of balance here um i thought the length of it was pretty good so i'd probably give it a check for length the intensity was a little low i don't know that i would give it the check mark for intensity it was it was kind of soft and uh and then complexity um I'm kind of on the fence uh, i might give it i could i could be talked into it by myself right right uh <laughs> and if you
0: had that one second maybe you would you would be talked into it differently just, correct just just by being here
2: like just oh, pure saturation and, of power. yeah exactly right yep so um so i would i would call that a good to very good yeah so
0: so when, of... when when we're done with this mm-hmm. do you want us to give you you want us to give you a ranking
2: of our favorite
0: the idea is, least is favorite
2: Yep, you tell me. Uh, or for the
0: sake of this test, should we tell you if we would we would we would call it good, but maybe not our favorites? Uh,
2: I don't know that we need to go into that because that whole thing. It, it, yeah, we just rank it, them. I think you well, just, just saying, rank them. Hold, hold
0: that up, like look, yeah. I mean, hold this up to the camera, like it is. It's 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 front and back. It's intense. Yeah, of of everything you can go yeah. into in depth yeah. Beards, as far nose, as palette conclusions, and, and then on the back is
2: yeah.
1: Raw materials, yeah, the describing of the aromas and flavors from the, and it goes into like raw materials, <laughs> but then how it's processed, the oak and maturation, and then like you said, the texture.
2: Yeah, for for other. this exercise today, this may be a little intense, mm-hmm. but that's just an overview of kind of what I'm going through. The more you practice it, the easier it gets, and so I can go through this entire thing. Let's see, by the time when I was teaching students on wine, I would give them. Well, we would do speed rounds where it'd be like, okay, you got thirty seconds, go. See, this is this is where we're striving for, Hildebrand. <laughs> right, this
1: is where we're this, going. That's next. This is no. This is the we're end. There. Yeah. This is the end goal. We're
2: getting but there. But the, the the first time you do it, it's gonna take it take you twenty minutes for each spirit. So, um, you're gonna need more sponsors. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna go broke. So.
0: What are you thinking? How's how's the, how's the tasting going along? Are you, how's your ranking coming along? It's
1: uh, it's coming. So I'm trying to um, – so I did uh, – I ranked appearance like one through six. Yeah. And then I started started kind of giving – well, Brian was mentioned. I don't even know if you mentioned this here. If you were doing it like when we were tasting the other stuff before, like one star, two star, three star. Yeah. So that's kind of – so I just have – I'm not doing stars. I'm doing lines. So it's one, two, or three as far as like do I – do I really like the nose? Is the nose yeah. just kind of meh, or is it like no, I don't like it? Then it's a one. And then you go back and and the, so I'm kind of doing that. ones are tied. Retaste them. Yep. And so I did it. So I did it on the the nose on all of them. Now I'm going and tasting them and doing the 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 palate and the finish on all of them now. Okay. So that's that's
0: that's my process. Well, I'm ready. I think I got my rankings already. Of course you're ready. But I'm you know, I'm a fast worker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know what I like. No, I, I I do think, though, this is this is hardest. And the hardest part, I think, and maybe just for time's sake, has been, like, the finish. Mm-hmm. A- and, mm-hmm. you know, for my brain, I- I'm sitting here trying to figure out, is it one that I really like the flavors or is it, like, I, I think because we've done this a few times, it's more of a... It, it <laughs> Am I am I calling it a good bourbon? I'd like to keep drinking. Or when I'm drink like when I'm drinking these, it's really funny because I'm like, oh, I don't like that. But I guarantee you, I have probably all these bottles on my shelf that I, pro-
1: or you've you've had all of these. I've had all of these, For sure. right? Yeah,
0: you've had all of them. So anyway, so that, that's just that's just my inner turmoil right now, where it's like, oh, I don't like that. I'm like, actually, it's not a bad bourbon. It's Just if I'm comparing it to these other ones, um, I don't know. It's tough, and the finish is hard too because it would literally take us sitting y- here. You want to give it time. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I'm ready to like. I want to. I've already tasted the flavor to that. I want to move on to the next one. It's, it not a, like it can, it's not like you can.
1: It's like you can try it and be like, okay, that one's done, and then try some water. It's like no, you gotta, gotta give it a little bit and see how long it lasts, and see yeah. if you can see how long you can taste it before you can move on to the next.
0: Well, now Brian, you're adding a little water to open open up a little bit, maybe yep. taste some extra flavors. Yeah.
2: Was there uh, anyone that you like eliminated? That you're like, okay, that's definitely my least favorite. Is that an uh, easier way to approach it? Yeah. It is for me. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you, you want us to
0: share? Uh, yeah. Are we're, we getting close yeah. to All the guys, right. If you two guys are ready, it's, it's you can, the, can we're, certainly we're share. Getting, we're getting close. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'll just give some thoughts. So I, for me personally, I am a, I'm a high proof person. I like the hot. I like the heat um and that those don't always go hand in hand doesn't necessarily have to be high proof i like spiciness i'm a spicy kind of Mm -hmm. bourbon kind of guy i guess especially on like the initial taste um i like to kind of really get it up front i like a lot of rye i do like a lot of rye yeah i do not like scotch okay let me rephrase that i do not like anything that is not from the highlands so anything that is peaty or oaky in any way I, i i i eat it immediately i'm like i just can't
2: right it's tough for me sure um yeah, I recognize it, they're so good, it, but I, just,
0: I, I struggle with it.
2: They, uh, I guess we're, we're not allowed to say, but it, scotch has been described ever since I started learning about it as masculine and feminine. And there are masculine-styled scotches and feminine-styled scotches. The Morangies of the world are going to be more feminine-style because they don't have the peat. Uh, and those are the ones I really like. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lagavulans of the world, are those that uh, are going to have heavy peat, medicinal, yeah. right? Really, puts I feel some like someone
0: slapping me in the face. Yes. with a piece of oak,
2: and they really are.
0: And it's it is rough. Well, it's me. it's the peat, really. It's yeah, just peat, yeah.
2: decomposed vegetative matter. Yeah, and, and uh, since you don't have many trees in Scotland, uh, yeah, uh, you gotta... give
1: me give me a space side every day of the week and twice on Sundays. That's sure. my that is my scotch. It's a it's a space side. It's a sweeter one. It's a little fruitier. Mm-hmm that's what i, I, I just
0: want. got my friend who for his birthday had glenn Fittich, 18 and i i know that that's a really good scotch mm-hmm. but for me i was like this is it's fine yeah I, So it was nice to have one <laughs> and i'm that was and, uh, one was enough
1: and i had a i had a bottle of Glen 12 and orf shout out to orf huge fan of glenfiddich he's got them all like there's only a couple that he doesn't have and that's just because they're impossible to find and he's just not willing to spend the money that you'd have to spend on some of those rarer versions of glenfiddich and i had a 12 and he got a 12 because they were on sale and i bought one i was like well if he likes it i'll give it a shot i couldn't even finish one drink and then i gave him the rest of the bottle i just did not i had two for one did you try adding water I did not try adding water because I was like, "This is disgusting."
2: I had I had it with it with ice, with ice. Okay, yeah, because yeah, yeah, in which made it tolerable for me. In Scotland, they'll serve it with a wee dram uh, yeah. of water, and and everybody adds water to their own taste, and so that can help. I also think for those Peter Scotches, and I'm not a big fan of them. I certainly am not Nick Offerman, who can do the Yule log and sit down. No, thank you. Even no. though I play that every Christmas and leave it on all the time, yeah. uh, but. <laughs> The only time I've ever had it where it really knocked my socks off was at a scotch dinner at uh, Five Bistro, uh, which what used to be Five. Now it's a uh, uh, J. Devote Trotteria on the Hill. And he had a scotch dinner uh, where the scotch was the final ingredient. And it was served with a, a cold smoked salmon that he had made. And then you take a drink of Lagavulin. Uh, it was Lagavulin 16, straight up Lagavulin. And it was... Phenomenal! It finished. The, there was a really subtle smoke on the fish, and then you take a drink of the scotch, and that seaweedy, smoky quality just melded with the salmon, and it was absolutely unbelievable. So I
1: could probably get behind that. Yeah, but in any other case, yeah. I'm but not just sipping it at by at
0: myself. Well, but I, I would. Whole, I mean, making a whole thing of it, I, I could do. I could do that. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would say he's got one of the best palates around. I just couldn't believe that he had actually used the the scotch as the last ingredient in his dish and every single dish uh was like that it was it was pretty fascinating that's really cool yeah, yeah. that's I, I,
1: I would never i'm not that creative i could never do something like that
2: i can't do it with the i can't combine it with i can pair food and wine all day long um that there's some basic rules to that uh too many flavors and spirits so all right let's all right.
0: get to the final let, let's figure out what our results are let's, here let ready? Them. rank them mm-hmm. okay uh, you go first, my friend. Are we going? Are we going? Let's go least to favorite. Right. Yeah.
1: So my least was number two. Mine as well. Just, Mine too. I mean, just like yours too.
0: <laughs> have you? So have you? Have you done this by the? By the way, I'm doing it right. I'm now. doing it right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, he's
1: doing it right now. Um, just the flavor. Nothing. Like took a sip of it and just didn't get anything. The finish was a little bit better, but like yeah. the initial flavor, like the palate on it was just almost non-existent. Like it just didn't. I didn't get anything.
0: I would agree. I Echo this is excitement. Okay, I'll go next. My yeah. my second least favorite was number 4. And I think it's because I can I and maybe I'm just it's psychosomatic, whatever it is. I t- I taste the oak and it just seems a little bit oak forward for me.
1: That's a, that's interesting. So my next least favorite was number 3.
0: Okay. And just cuz just cuz. <laughs>
1: Like, I mean, I, I I hate to say it, like I disliked it less than number two. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. I I got uh, I'm kind of with you, Justin, on the number four that it's it's the oak is out of whack, out of balance. It's yeah. it's it was uh, um, it it just didn't feel integrated to me. Yeah. I noticed that especially after adding the water.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, just, I mean, it was like the third time around. I'm like, there was a lot of, this. it's just coming at you in weird ways. And I just, I you know, you know, I don't like the oak. I liked it. All right. So yeah. number four for you, Lambert, well, you go next.
1: Number four for me was number six.
0: Number six. Okay. Mine was number one. And, and because I kind of a similar reason why you didn't like number two the most is I th- didn't really feel like there was a lot going on there. Um, especially from the finishing perspective. But again, it looks, I'm looking at your numbers. It looks like we've got some differing opinions. Yeah, that's okay. We have
1: some different opinions, but that's okay. That's the whole point of this.
2: Brian, what was yours? Number four. Number three. Number three. It felt hot. Yeah. Yeah. Three seemed really, really hot to me. Like okay. more than what it should be. Right. Uh, Uncharacteristically hot. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, so now we're so that's the bottom three, top three. Number three, I'll go. Number three for me was number three. And, and I three think it's for because I, I had a little bit of that heat, but it, it wasn't enough for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So number three for me was number five.
0: Yeah, similar thing. Yeah, it's spi- it's it, number three is a little spicy. It's more m- like more cinnamony. Yeah. You said number five mm-hmm. is your number three. Okay.
2: I was number one. Number one? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought I'd... We're all over the place. I thought it was pretty good, but it, we are all over it, the place. I thought it had I like some it. potential, but uh, it 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 fell off a little bit. The finish was started good, I felt good in the palate. Finish just dove off the cliff right. right. It didn't it didn't stay with you. Yeah. So my top three. I, I liked and I think the that one.
0: I I would say number one too. That that one maybe had like a really on the better fruity flavors. It it seemed.
2: Like yeah. It's. I, it's it's got I, a
0: nice, delicate. Taste I enjoyed effect. it up to but the then, finish. Boom, you're done. Yeah, yeah. and it,
2: again, it's not a bad thing. It's what that scotch is, I think, uh, or scotch. What that that bourbon is, um, but it's. By the way, these are all uh, straight bourbons. Okay. Okay, number two. Lambert. Number
1: two. Number number two. Your number, second
0: favorite is number number four. Number four. Well, you like the oakiness a little bit. Yes, I do. Yeah, apparently. Well, that because and there's that one. Uh, the is the Shelby pick of the. What's the Shelby pick that of um, uh, the the blue rebel no, or the rebel? Okay, that the has, rebel has a little bit of extra oakiness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. that you you and Pat especially are big fans of that one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for me, my number my number two was whiskey number five, and I don't know. I just it's just had a lot I had a lot to it. And it definitely had, a, in my opinion, a pretty, a pretty good long finish to it. Well,
1: and now it's interesting because I'm retasting those, and I would probably flip flop those because I had whiskey number five as my number three, and number four as my number two. Retasting them, I probably flip flop those. So I okay. would say whiskey five was my number two as well, just because. Yeah. yeah. On retasting number four, there wasn't a lot up front. It was a good finish, but then it was just kind of like it was just kind of like yeah, up front. Whereas number five the flavor profile up front was a lot better mouthfeel whatever you want to call it like it just felt it felt better got a lot more flavor out of the initial taste of it than number four so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm changing my mind already
2: i'm down to i'm down to five and six too and i i just retasted them and uh i kind of agree with you john uh, i i think they're both good it's just today right now i'm putting 5 as my number 2 number 2 yeah
0: who does number 2 work for <laughs> favorite <laughs> bourbon number 1 of these 6 i'll go first i'm going whiskey number 6 that was my favorite it just had a really great forward heat to it that wasn't i think out of balance it stuck around for me the longest um i've only i've actually had it the least amount because i didn't have to keep coming back to it it was it was Got it. Oh, it was quick. like stuck around for a really long time. First sip, you know. Right there. This, okay. is my, this is my favorite.
2: Number six. Cheers. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mine was number one. Number one? Apparently. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. Allegedly. I it, By process of elimination. Yeah. Brian and I, we we very similar. Good news, I've forgotten what order I put these yeah. in. Yeah. We, have, we have no idea what any of these are. So I'm in, okay. I'm in a little bit of an advantage because I know what they are. You know what they yeah. are, right? <laughs> but I don't remember the order that I put them in because I was pulling them out of the bag randomly, as Justin can tell you, and I would, I would even forget to write the number on it. I'd go, oh shit! I gotta go back and put the number on it. So. Um, yeah so. Well I bet what we can do We can probably pull out the
0: bottles and Yeah And see what we did And maybe even compare the colors Yeah and, let me uh, Yeah uh, we, get we can at least see what we
2: I'm gonna so uh, so let's, write let's, these off for a second
0: Let's pause for commercial break i oh, We'll come perfect. back and do that So we're back And here comes the big reveal The reveal So what do we got I'm gonna write these down The six
2: The six so bourbons you brought with you today These are the six bourbons That I brought with me today mm-hmm. They're in no particular order Okay Blantons
0: mm-hmm.
2: Benchmark Number eight. Okay. Old Bardstown, ninety proof. That's the tan label. If you're yep. a color person. Uh, four roses, small batch select. Okay. Uh, one oven. This is. I guess this could be considered another rare bourbon, but uh, it's our our. Uh, it's the the joint maker's mark that shelby and i put together together we call it our best blend
1: okay
2: and (laughs) And... oh and yellowstone uh yellowstone the 93 proof
1: okay oh i'm not gonna
2: be able to do this no the yellowstone i i can
0: that's always minty it's got a lot of mint to it, if I recall. Last time we tried it. <laughs> okay. Are you so, sure? So we're gonna try and guess which one's which. No, I'm not sure at all. So which one is my favorite?
2: You said six.
0: Six is my favorite, but I'm trying to think mm. of all of these that would be the best one. I have never had the Benchmark Eight or the Old Bardstown. I've had the other ones. Well, I haven't had. You I have haven't had yet. your. I haven't had your maker's our best blend. So I haven't had.
1: Guess, I haven't had Yellowstone. Benchmark makers, is a uh, uh, benchmark or the old bar. I've only had benchmark
2: the, is not cast strength. It's yeah. Uh, um, let me see if I can grab the bottle. I've
1: there. only had the four the roses proof. and Blanton's and Blanton's is a true single barrel. So they're all going to taste different.
2: That's true. Yeah. So the
1: one that I have on my shelf is going to be different from this one. Watch There we, oh, we go. We got it. Uh,
2: thank you. Oh, sorry. There you uh, go. Benchmark is 80
0: proof. And that's one that everyone like has been raving about recently. Really? That's what I, I've seen on the fa- on the on the Facebook. On the book face? Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: I wouldn't know. Well, that's, no, that's deleted what, that's that what they app. All say. About seven or eight years. You ago. You're a, a lucky call. man. You're a lucky uh, man. It's like the oh. best poop ever.
0: Okay, so I so I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna put. I'm, I don't know if I can figure out what you, what each one is. That's gonna be pretty tough to do, but I do think I could. Let's, let's figure out like the least favorite and the most favorite. I'm thinking least favorite is Blatans because I don't like Blatans. And every time see, I have, see, it, I don't it's, think so because I. I mean, underwhelming.
1: Granted, I've only I have, like, the bottle that I have on my shelf, and I only have one.
0: And you like your your favorite, and it's good. I, I thought I saw three.
1: I enjoy so. There's one regular Blantons, <laughs> and there's one straight from the barrel. Oh, okay, so those are two different things. Okay, and that's all I got. Gotcha. That's it. There's none hiding in a bunker anywhere. And it's not your. Like that. You're
2: not your favorite. Uh,
1: in fact, I mean, yeah. I I enjoy Blantons. Like, it's good, but like.
2: I don't. I don't there's, buy into the. Hype. There's plenty of You're other not things get out of bed for eating crackers, but there are plenty yes, of other sure.
1: things that are just as good, if not better, that I'll, I'll are easily you, accessible. Here, here, here's the. And word. I think that's the whole point of all of this. That's the
2: entire point of this. That's yeah. the
1: point of all yeah. of yeah.
0: this. I mean, I just had Bland's the other day, but I did it because we were celebrating on closing on our on our on our condo. Congratulations! And, and I had some friends are the selling of it anyway. So I had some friends come over, and I celebrated by giving them one of those a shot of it but it was strictly because they're like i know you guys think this is a really fancy bourbon so we're gonna do right. this as like a celebration right. for me i was like i just want to open it and be done with opening it
1: yeah because you had Cause, never you still hadn't opened oh it, right?
2: I, I know it's just it's like, like you got to have something in the collection for the noobs right there it uh, is and so sure. we
0: gave that to them so i'm actually going with two and i'm going with my favorite one i think it's i think it's either the 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 makers or or the i'm going four roses small batch select
1: i think number five is the small batch select
0: I think that's a good guess, and that's why. Cause so I'm, so I'm going to say Makers of six.
1: That's what I'm saying. Okay. Dorian, I'm sticking to it. Okay. So here comes. I, I don't have anything I on th- the think other think ones because yeah, I've only yep. I haven't I've only here had two the of
2: them. Then that's good. Uh, uh, as as you pull
0: them out, I'm going to drink them. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: just to just to you know test it again. Oh, here we go. Well, that's all right. Be like, yes, that is correct. That is in fact Yellowstone,
2: or whatever. I thought I wrote. Oh, Bardstone. Number one, Old Bardstown. Old Bardstown. Bardstown. Look okay. at that. See?
1: I like Bardstown.
2: It's I, 25 I, bucks. It was Never good. Never had it. For 25 bucks. Yep.
0: Oh, wow. That's a loud table. Cheers, Old Bardstown. <laughs> Cheers, Old Bardstown.
2: Okay. All right. Number two, Benchmark. The Benchmark.
1: Oh, that was my least favorite. Oh, we did not like that. So this is the one that Pat was talking about, wasn't it?
0: Well, but the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. There are like
2: six different versions of this right This, yeah, this is, is, the this benchmark. is no. yeah this is buffalo trace yeah this it's is buffalo trace that's the same mash bill as Blanton's. yeah mm. that's why i put it in was because it was the what mash bill number two is that right
1: i think so yeah i think so
2: yeah it's it, so it, it it's the same mash bill just not Blanton's. younger so <laughs> yeah a lot younger but what, what i mean is
0: though there are there are benchmarks of different proofs as well. I think I saw a 110, a a 100, a 120, like a bottle and bond version of that, correct?
2: I have not seen those. So I think think Pat-
0: I don't know if they're for retail. Uh, They may be for sale retail, but like in Kentucky. Because I think Pat was talking about that because
1: it's the same mash bill as Stagg Jr. too.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Really? Which, you know, then then by George T. Stagg.
2: Blanton's number three. Okay. All right.
0: That was my third ranked.
2: And this is 93 proof Blanton's?
1: God, this was just dumped too. 12021. I mean, that yeah.
2: had a good color to it. That was actually my third favorite color. That's our most recent batch, so
0: that we got. Uh, that was that
1: was also my third favorite color. Third the, favorite
0: color and first. That was my most aromatic.
1: Uh, if it was only one opinion. more day, would have <laughs> been my would have been dumped on my 40th birthday.
0: Uh, um, got you old. Uh, not quite. Yellowstone Shut number up. 4. Is number 4? Okay. So, All right. I said Loki. Okay. Okay. I I not a big fan of that one
1: yeah i like this one so i've seen the i've seen the um like the limited edition like the 2019 and the right. 2020 in right. the store I, I did not pull the trigger on it because i was
2: like eh, i don't really want to spend a hundred dollars and then hate it i think the cheapest version will give you a good indication of what the more expensive marks are going to mm-hmm. be like and that guy was just in uh stephen beam i honestly i don't know the story of it right uh i don't know what uh part of the beam family he's related to but mm-hmm. seven generations oh yeah there he is right there yeah
0: well i think he
2: came of, in and he signed every single bottle we found Yeah, got. look at that oh, that's really cool that, <laughs> like that's really really cool every though. bottle his actual signature it's really right cool there. considering we had like 30 cases
0: yeah wow Jeez. That's a lot. Well, of so I, maybe, yeah. maybe I was saying oak, but now that I'm like rethinking it, maybe it is mint. Also, I'm tasting yeah, it in there. Yeah,
2: could be. It, well, it could be that green, green. oak, right? Green tannin. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like that. Number five, small nah, batch select.
0: We got got it. <laughs> we got the last. Yeah, two. got it right. Yep. All right, small batch select. Yep. And
1: which is six. which is my favorite four roses.
2: Number six was the uh, our best blend the one that Shelby and I worked on together. I felt a little bit bad about doing one that was a store pick, but because, you know, but it's good to know though. Like, and and there
0: are a lot of people out out there that say like, Oh, store picks are a, are are nonsense. And it's just a marketing ploy or whatever. And and listen, there are, and
1: and I liked that more than that. Right. And there
0: are mass, there are mass retailers that just pick a barrel. So we don't even care. We're not going to taste it. But I think that when you go to certain places and you've, this is what they do. I can taste the difference so, blindly as well. I'm mm-hmm. just saying.
2: I'm sorry I didn't bring all of our exact pricing uh, with us today, but but I'll, I'll say this: because of the craziness around Blanton's, mm-hmm. we've raised the price. I mean, it's supply and demand. That's ecom 101. Yep. Right. Uh, it, I've been told that I'm gouging people and things like that. I. This is not gas in a hurricane. Um, this is <laughs> uh, this is bourbon yeah. <laughs> and. And, or in a pandemic, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, we charge a hundred bucks for Blanton's, and there are no end, or there is no end to the customers that will buy that all day long. I could put all the Blantons out tomorrow, and it would be
1: gone. It'd be gone. Yep. Um, sure.
2: And so, uh, that's a hundred bucks, twenty-five bucks, thirteen dollars. Hence the. Whew. We dodged a bullet on that one. Yeah, no, um, yeah. This is. Uh, where is that? 43? 43, 43 yeah. bucks, I think, for the Yellowstone. Yeah. That's I think like, we're about six, 60. That's, yeah, that's 60. Yeah. yeah, and this is 70 for that. So. Yeah, I mean, again, and it's not to say that Bland's is bad. It's just to say that there are other bourbons out there that are uh, worthy that you of might your consideration. Like more. Yeah, that you might might appreciate more right trust your own palette and you you never know what can happen so
0: yeah and, and as a business and marketing teacher i will say like listen besides the, the power of supply and demand uh branding is a real thing yeah and, and there's a reason why you can charge x amount of dollars for rolex versus a timex if that even exists anymore but you get what i'm saying right and yeah while yes it is a superior quality is it 100 times better does it tell time 100 sure. times better it's the same thing with with bourbon. And listen, some are are very great and they're amazing. But it's it's okay to maybe listen. It's cool to have these bottles on your on your shelf. But also, it's worth maybe the conversation of get one. But also, yeah. try some other stuff. That sure. Maybe there isn't a bunch of hype and there's lots sitting on the shelf because you might be surprised at how freaking amazing some of this stuff is. Yeah,
1: and we and we we've, we've talked about this before. We have talked about blends in general. It's a great looking bottle. It's just yeah. a cool looking bottle. Like and yeah, like I said, you want one on your shelf, but. Do you need a whole pool table full right. of them? Right. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think there you have it. Um, That's the results compared to the rare.
2: Yeah, Brian. The rare did not. We, we win. are
0: excited to do it again on Wednesday at Dogwood. Yes, Excellent. we are.
2: Very, we I'm are very excited, excited about that. It's going to be a loud uh, event. We raucous. There are Forty-six or forty-eight people. That's signed awesome. Up. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a crazy event, but. Uh, Thank you for tasting out of plastic cups. I, again, I did that, that whole test where I poured a foolproof bourbon in there and let it sit for like three hours just yeah. to make sure. Still had, didn't lose anything. Didn't lose anything. At least it wasn't so, the paper cups. The yeah. paper cup would have disintegrated at that point. Yeah, it would have. But uh, thank you for, for having me. I'm, I'm very excited to come back. Even if it, we're not drinking, um, I think we can geek out on some other stuff. Uh, Definitely. Uh, I, will, uh, I can school you on Tootsie. uh, (laughs) i'll bring my wife she can school you on mr mom oh oh here (laughs) we go battle royale bring it it. all right well before we go if anybody wants to go head-to-head with my wife on little house on the prairie good luck (laughs) uh i all i know is michael landon
0: was in that that's about all all i got that's all i got yeah he was give us a real quick uh plug for all of your 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 evening events your evites and things you guys do at dogwood you know really pretty cool
2: it's cool. I, I really just encourage people to come into the store and check it out. Listen, we're we're in a growth uh, zone right now. We're trying to um, recover from this whole pandemic thing. And and yeah, there are going to be tastings involved. And if you're comfortable having your mask off around other people, we're happy to taste with you. Our staff is vaccinated. Um, you got so a new tasting room that you just we got, built? We, got, we call it affectionately the baller room. Because, um, uh, you know, if you're going to be a baller, you're going to go in that room. I've, I've
1: certainly brought some baller stuff in there. Absolutely, we've, we've you have. It.
2: And uh, and that is uh, uh, where we like to go and hang out and taste some stuff. But but honestly, we, we just appreciate anybody stopping by the store, reaching out to us. And listen, if you don't see what you want, just to ask we'll order it in for you. And usually it's going to be a better price. I hear this about the wine all the time. And you, the, the store before I got there had a massive wine selection, uh, which is great when you can hold big tastings and everything else. And, uh, when you can't do that, uh, you know, it, like with anything, if you taste it, you'll buy it right. Or, or, or people will be more apt to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh we're going to start tastings back up again, but we can't do those big tastings yet. We're, we're kind of waiting. We're hoping to do an outdoor event at summertime. But uh, listen, we've got a good staff. We've got a, a good vision, and we're really looking forward to the future uh, about uh, uh, trying to educate the consumer, educate um, everyone on just how to trust themselves and enjoy what is out there, because there's a lot out there right now, right? I mean, I do my best to taste everything. Um, My liver (laughs) regrets it, but uh, uh, for the most part, I'm doing my best to try everything that's out there. And uh, so if anybody has any questions, if I haven't tried it, I will not lie to you about that. Uh, I'll just say, no, I haven't tasted it. But maybe there's somebody else in the store that has, um, so... Uh, but if I don't know the answer to a question, I will lie to make that up. Yeah. yeah. So. That's yeah. a good salesperson. Yeah. That's right. That's <laughs> well, right. So. seriously,
0: thanks for coming in today. And no, I'm thank in, you in guys. Giving us all your knowledge this has been amazing. Definitely check out Dogwood Spirits. Yeah. Dogwood. And if you are New, in the mood New, after buying some bottles, head over to Dogwood Social House. I was going to say, Throw yeah. some
2: axes. Booze and a- axe throwing. Booze and axe
1: throwing. The new location in O'Fallon, the new New social
2: house. New social house is opening in July. In O'Fallon, next
1: to the O'Fallon location. So they'll have kind of the same setup they have in Ellisville where you have the liquor store. and
2: Yep, only a bigger social house, and it's uh, in the Old Gold's Gym.
1: Oh, the the bigger one in O'Fallon.
2: It'll be a bigger social house.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) if it's taking over a Gold Gym, it's going to be pretty big.
0: Yeah. Yes, it will. So, as always, if you want to check us out, you can always hit up our socials. You can... At we're available on all the platforms for podcasting, and we're also going to be available on YouTube now. So yes. cool. check this out live. Not live, but uh, video. Video. Live is not the right word. Yeah, not um, live. And our next episode, I think, would be really fun. Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do one of these uh, compared to the rares, we're going to do it with some of our, our friends who think they – our super fancy and sophisticated bourbon aficionados what do you think about that
1: are we who are we gonna test oh i know who, uh, i mean be, i know who we we're gonna test maybe
0: we'll, we'll, the guy behind the scenes over there maybe a couple other friends of ours as well
1: yeah
2: we we, we definitely have access to plenty of things always happy to help on my end too awesome so, uh, from from a non-promotional standpoint uh, this is this is fun for me yeah we so, love it I, it's, it's yeah, fun for us that's why we fun. do this right get
0: a chance to hang out drink and eat and look silly Yep. And act smart.
2: And act
1: smart.
0: So, thanks again to Brian. Thanks again to our man, Justin, for doing all the hard work behind the scenes. And uh, until next time, thanks everybody. Nerd Bites. Thank y'all.